is Color Speak, Unveiling Truth for Light. Hi, I'm your host, Janet Huxley, author J.M. Huxley. Welcome to this podcast to unveil truth and uplift you. Light is where you'll find truth. Truth is where you'll find color. Color is where you'll find God. Because color is God. It's His love for you. We know light is what makes color happen. Color is a product of light. So if God is light, that means color testifies. Have you ever thought of color this way? Color celebrates what God has done from the beginning, what He is still doing. Color cheers us on, empowering us with the symbolism of a father's love for his children, a savior's promises, the spirit at work within us and around us. And our wellness is found in color. Today, we're going to talk about the color of the brain and how meditation can make us well. Emotional health leads to physical health. A yellow brain can change your world. I can't wait for our guest today to tell you what that's all about. We live in exciting times because medical science now confirms what believers have known for centuries, that our wellness is contingent upon our prayer life and meditation with God, our thinking. And if you can change your thinking, you can change your world. A cheerful mind works wonders. Today, we have the privilege to hear from Allison Ralston. She has been a physician assistant in primary care for almost 23 years and has been married to a doctor for 28 years. Allison has a specialist interest in the mind-gut-immune system connection, and her goal is to see her patients healed in mind, body, and spirit. She is the perfect person to combine holistic teaching and medical science because Allison walks in and with the Holy Spirit. My friends, I am so thrilled to be able to share her with you all today, for real. So welcome, Allison. It's so good to have you here on Color Speak. Wow, thank you so much. That was a powerful introduction. <laughs> I'm a powerful so woman. Much. I cannot oh, wait to hear you speak well, today. I'll be taking yeah, notes again. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It really is an, an honor and a blessing to talk, talk with you today. Oh, for sure here. So tell me what else. You live in Tennessee. What else did I miss? Uh, Yep. I live in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Um, I have uh, three children and five grandchildren. And um, my practice is in Columbia, Tennessee. And I've been with that group uh, for 19 years now. Um, They've been a wonderful group. They've allowed me to to practice and they, um, to develop my practice. And, um, over the, you know, about 2016, I started to incorporate the brain health and, um, I've always prayed for my patients. And so I've been very blessed that they have allowed me to, um, to minister to my patients as well. So it's been a wonderful experience, definitely a place that God had planted me. Oh, I can see that. I mean, you just radiate with the Holy Spirit. And when I first saw you on that Zoom call, and maybe I should explain. So 
I met Allison recently on a Zoom call. There were over 60 people that have come together to get closer to Jesus by pledging to meet him in the secret place for 30 days. And that's something facilitated by our mutual friend, Peggy Adams, who was on Color Speak to talk with me here recently. And Peggy had asked Allison to talk with the group about how our minds can be renewed to wellness. And the minute I heard Allison speak, not only was I captivated, I was confirmed in the spirit that we would also be good friends. And I just have really felt something very special about you. And while you were talking, I heard the Lord say, I am so pleased with this daughter of mine. You really are doing a thing. And so that night I took notes and then (laughs) I I asked you to talk with me here too, knowing how wonderfully you would bless all of our lives, all of those who are listening in. And, And I also have to share, Allison, so last week, as you know, I sat on my front porch while it was raining and we talked and I was trying to absorb all you had to say. I was taking mental notes again. This time I was taking mental notes, not physical Mm -hmm. ones. But I was just really feeling so blessed for not only a beautiful friend the Lord has given me, but for everything that you're doing for the Lord, because I think it's such a special time right now that we find ourselves in as God is shifting focus back to Him. And as that's happening, I feel like the last couple of years with all that we've heard about what's going on in the medical community with COVID and all of that, I think a lot of people have have lost their trust in the process. And I think you're the the perfect person to bring us to restoration because you marry so well an understanding of medical science and a very holistic, natural, supernatural approach. So yeah, it's just, it's exciting. I'm excited to know you and I'm really excited to have you talk to people here. So where do you want to begin? I know it's uh, so much uh, to talk about, but I, I think maybe just a little bit of how the Lord kind of brought me to this place might be um, a, a good start. Um, sure. When I started practicing, uh, you know, twenty almost twenty three years ago, and came into family practice, um, I really had a heart to take care of my patients, and um, I started seeing a lot of depression, anxiety, uh, bipolar, schizophrenia, and people just so broken, you know, uh, broken marriages, broke. I mean, it's just uh, could be overwhelming. And actually it became a kind of a joke in the office that I got, I saw all the uh, broken people, you know, all the depressed people. And it came to a point where I actually was considering leaving, um, uh, the pre- leaving the field of being a physician assistant because it was, they were, d- the patients were draining and they were hurtful and I was just giving them medicine and wasn't really, getting to the root of their problem. Hmm. And I connected with them because I also had grown up broken and uh, had a lot of fear in my life. And the Lord began to do a work in me in about 2007. And as he began to um, show me that that a lot of my problems were rooted in fear, um, that I was fearful, that I worried about everything, and I really didn't trust him with my life. And began the journey with him of learning of him as father. And I don't want to take a lot of time in that, but I didn't really, even though I had had more of a religion than I had an intimate relationship with him. And a lot of my fear actually stemmed from fear of him, that I wasn't going to be good enough, that I wasn't going to, be, I was going to make a mistake. Um, mm-hmm. And so it began that journey of learning him as a good father. 
So I began to pray with my patients and uh, God was so faithful. He would show up and I did see him do a lot of wonderful things. But somewhere around 2015 or 2016, he brought me to a scripture um, that's uh, Proverbs 17:22, And that began my journey. I'm really understanding that there really is a connection um, with our emotional health, our spiritual health, and our physical health, and that science was actually, to me, proving God to be true, what his word was saying, because you can find um, in his word a confirmation for these things. So the scripture says, a happy heart is good medicine, and a cheerful mind works healing, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. So I knew what broken spirit was, and it actually defines it. And um, hopefully, maybe uh, while we're talking, I can find it. But uh, broken spirit is just stressed out, worried, fearful, um, scared, you name it. It can also be other emotions like anger, jealousy, um, and that keeps us broken. The bones is actually where... Um, our immune system is made, where our blood cells are made. And as I began to go, you know, learn about this, I, I learned about the flight or fight response and how stress and fear actually can suppress your immune system and how it can increase cortisol, which actually can increase weight gain. And so medical science has been showing this for a long time that stress um, can cause physical illness. We know about 87 or more percent of our current chronic illnesses are stress-related. That's just crazy. So that, I, I know yeah. you've heard, I've heard you say that, and I just, that is a lot to process. 87% yes. of our illnesses are stress-related. Yes. Wow. And a lot of it even sometimes can be doing good things. Um, so you can be overworking, you know, maybe so many Oftentimes, people get burnt out in church from doing too much, and mm. and I believe the Lord is calling us back into this place of understanding, a bit, particularly our inner environment, our inner, our inner man. Many of us, our brains are never stopping. We've mm-hmm. got this internal turmoil all the time, and He wants us to be at rest. And so, it again, the journey went on about cheerful mind. What does that mean? Well, just as long and short of it is, is that what we think and meditate on is powerful. And if we're meditating or thinking on evil all the time, it's releasing neurotransmitters that affect us negatively in our body. So when we have these stress hormones, it elevates your heart rate. It makes you can have diarrhea, and, you know, even constipation because we know that it also aggravates the gut because the brain and the gut are connected through the vagus nerve. Mm-hmm. So this, you know, all those things can affect us physically. And if we allow them to go on too long, then it can actually end up causing a chronic illness. So he began to teach me that as a man thinketh, so he is in his heart and that mm. we need to think and speak life over ourselves and uh, begin to, you know, when we begin to think uh, kingdom thoughts, when we think thoughts that are above and higher, and he's, you know, he says in his word that his thoughts are, are higher than our thoughts, but we got to think on things that are, are above. But, and then that's going to, that helps heal the brain and helps bring peace to our body. But many of us, you know, are not rooted, I think, first in the fact that, you know, God loves them and they don't know how to go in his presence and allow him to love on them and to bring that healing. So that started how the journey started. And, um, and I've learned, uh, 
so much more about meditation. So you you mentioned uh, the yellow and the red brain, but there's a book called How God Changes Your Brain, and it's by Dr. Um, Andrew Newberg. Now, it's not a Christian book, but it's a powerful book because now we have scans uh, that we can look at function of the brain. We have functional MRIs, and we also have um, nuclear medicine uh, spec scans, which also look at function. And so he found that when a person was at rest, particularly in prayer, that the brain was red. And then when they began to pray and to meditate and to focus on the Lord, it, it, the color changed. So that means that there was neurotransmitters and things were changing in the brain and it became yellow. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And so this. that encouraged me because it, as I thought about that, you know, the Bible tells us that we have the mind of Christ and that we have the helmet of salvation. So there we see the blood of Jesus that's covering us. And we are covered. You know, when the Lord sees us, he sees his son. If we're in Christ, we are completely covered in the blood of Christ. Yeah. And he is our protector and shield. So he's a protector of our mind as well as we, we put on that. And, it's not, you know, it's, it's not so much a helmet of salvation, but a, it, it's, a, it's a spiritual practice of refocusing our mind on him and his goodness and his promises. And our kingdom is different. So when we live in that realm, fear doesn't have a place. Mm-hmm. And that's where that spiritual practice of meditation and worship helps. So the yellow, and you probably know more about the colors than I do, but what my memory was is yellow is the color of his presence. So we see from a brain scan uh, going from just rest into the presence of the Lord. Well, you know, Allison, I've always thought that yellow was so spectacular, right? Because it's like the sun and it's so happy and brilliant and encouraging and cheerful and invigorating all of those Mm -hmm. things. And yet I've never heard it described the way that you do until you just did now. And obviously, as I heard you talk about it the other night, I had no idea that I want a yellow brain. <laughs> I think yes. that's so cool. <laughs> and, of course, yeah, yeah. So it's so so cool that um, a study could show the transition, I guess, is the way yeah. to look at it, you know, and, and of course, we know our brain's not yellow, but it's such a representative, a symbolic sure. of the power of mindfulness and being mindful of the Lord and practicing yeah. his presence. And, and again, as I shared, you know, not only does it um, connect us with him, but it actually uh, brings healing to the body, like they've shown in studies that meditation increases interleukin ten, which is a um, anti-inflammatory cytokine, and decreases inflammatory uh, cytokines. So basically, it de- in- decreases uh, inflammation in your body. That's amazing. And so, it, yeah, and it reduces cortisol. And again, I told you, high cortisol can cause weight gain. It can suppress the immune system. And not only that, high cortisol can decrease DHEA, which is a precursor to your hormones and also has a benefit for your um, immune system. So you hear people talk about adrenal fatigue. Well, that's the reason. But it's stress-related. Mm-hmm. It's because people are stressed out. And um, yeah. so it affects us in all so many ways. So, so when you're practicing me- and meditating, when you're practicing meditation and you're praying, it's transforming the synaptic activity of the neurons in your brain. So it's making them healthier 
and yes, you're and decreasing your inflammation. Yes. And then you're also um, strengthening your prefrontal cortex, which helps you to stay more focused, um, to stay on task better. Um, so it has a lot of health benefits. Um, mm. It improves your memory. Yeah, I love that um, part. Yeah. I love that you said that. I, I'm glad you brought that up again. That's a lot. It is. And so you incorporate that with a healthy diet and exercise um, is going to be a powerful tool um, for, for healing because God has given us a body that is, uh, heals itself. Mm-hmm. And um, it's an amazing thing. The more I study about genetics and all the things that they're doing and under and studying the cells and how they function and all the enzymes and all the pathways, it will blow your mind. Mm-hmm. And with all the science, they still haven't figured it all out. They've made great strides as far as treating cancers and other things like that. And um, but the truth is, is they still haven't found a cure. And Jesus is the cure. He is the healer. And I believe that if we can learn to come back into the secret place, that we can ask him what we need to do for our health. You know, some of us, you know, need to get off sugar. Some of us may need to do other things. Some, he'll, he'll tell us what we need. But people are running to all kinds of different things for health, but we're not running to him and asking him these questions. And, you know, when the Lord began to, I didn't feel good either. Um, I had. Uh, my sugar was high in carbs and sugar, sugar, and I just didn't feel good. And um, when he was, he began to put, I, I get this thought on my mind. That's how he works with me. And and I was like, get me to get off the sugar. And then I was like, no, that is not the Lord. I don't think that's <laughs> the Lord. I, but but I, I said okay, and he led me to do my first um, my first fast, which was a, a Daniel fast, and. Um, I got off the sugar and the caffeine, but I was so sick that first week from not eating sugar. I knew then that this was not good. This was not a healthy thing. And that began my journey. And he also began to show me that that I use food as a, a way to handle my anxiety, that it was an addiction. It wasn't an, an idol, um, that that is what, how I learned to cope. And so I was using food over him. See, sugar stimulates the same part of the brain as cocaine. It stimulates the front part of the brain and it's very addicting. Most people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. And we also don't realize that sugar now we know, um, it's metabolizes. Yeah. 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 And well, particularly the high fructose corn syrup, mm-hmm. but we know that, um, sugar breaks down in the gut through the, um, to the gut bacteria into amyloid proteins and science is beginning to see that this is probably what's causing Alzheimer's disease. It breaks down the blood brain barrier and causing Alzheimer's disease. So you can see that, you know, uh, it's almost like the enemy is attacking us in all realms and trying to attack our thoughts. See, people don't realize we don't have to believe everything that comes in our head. We can choose our thoughts. Mm -hmm. So you can choose to continue thinking negatively or fearfully, or you can choose to reconnect your thoughts to him and begin to be renewed in your mind of understanding who you are and who he is. And, um, and even in this, in this book, again, it's not a Christian book. It said meditating on love actually strengthen your your neurological circuits that allow us to feel compassion 
towards others. I'm writing so this that down. Is, that's yeah. That that's is just is. something else. Because honestly, if someone were to listen to this and think, okay, I'm overwhelmed. I know I need to cut out whatever sugar to start and I need to meditate and I need to read my scripture. I think the easiest place to start is just meditating on love. <laughs> that is what I was going to say. Yeah. Just go to Jesus and allow him to begin that process of helping you. He's helped me. He's he, some something in the divine exchange within for me, meditation is not just sitting around, you know, trying to you know think on the word, but it's actually a uh, divine exchange of thinking on him and um, and praise and worship kind of all in one. But it's in that that he did something in that time um, that I don't even know how I went from eating all the sugar to loving kale. I don't even know how that how that transitioned, but it was a process. And I was obedient when he began to show me these things. And because um, we we really if we could discipline ourselves, we wouldn't need anybody, would we? But but by the power of his spirit, he can give us the grace and, and, the, and the power uh, to change these things with his help. And unfortunately, so many people don't realize that a lot of people who, who are overweight actually have have emotional issues. And that's why I'm all about helping people get get emotionally well, because well, our emotional health does affect us physically. Yeah, and I'm so sorry to, to interrupt, but I wanted That's to good. remember to ask you something or to talk about this thing. So, you know, we you and I talked about generational curses earlier. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I can draw, I can, I can draw back to just the, for example, my grandmother living through two wars, the first Great mm-hmm. War and World War II yeah. and rationing. And at the time of her death in 98, when we were unpacking everything from her home, you know, to send off in various directions, I know that we were as a family mystified by the amount of food the woman had for one person. And it was largely canned goods that were put away because she had grown up through a time period where those things and she didn't have those things. And so then you when you start understanding food as it correlates to some of these experiences people have had throughout you know prior generations and one of those would be sugar for example mm-hmm. when it was so hard to come by in a time of plenty when it wasn't so hard to come by well it was the thing you know to be a good mom you envisioned yourself always having brownies hot out of the oven or a plate of chocolate <laughs> yeah. chip cookies and i think i think my my mom did that for us and I did that for my kids. And I remember when they were little and we were living in San Diego and my sister was unmarried, she said, I always come to your house because I know there's a cookie jar on the counter that is always full. And that was true. And they it wasn't like it was always home baked, but it was sugary nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And when I... I got to a point at at some point where I realized, and we talked about this, my husband and I, we didn't need to have dessert at every meal. Why were we doing that? You know, we we didn't even really stop down to think about why we were doing that. And we started slowly but surely taking sugar out of the diet. And now we don't really miss it. I mean, I have it in my coffee in the morning and creamer, and I maybe have a chocolate or two sometime in the day, but I don't really, I don't crave it and I don't miss it like you. And I think for me, it was important to understand the origins behind my need for it. So maybe it was a mental battle more than anything 
But then once I determined that I didn't, and it wasn't doing us any good, <laughs> it was easier to yes. take, take it out. And God yeah. is good. You're right. I love kale. I grow it. Kale's good. Yes, it's very good. Well, there is you know, some other aspect to that is that um, there's finding that the more you feed well, again, your gut and your brain are connected through the vagus nerve, but your gut bacteria, um, which, by the way, you have more bacterial DNA in your body than you have your own. Um, Wait, what does actually, that mean? Well, it just means that that's how many bacteria. You've got billions of bacteria in your gut, and which are more prominent than your own body has DNA. So you have more bacteria DNA in your gut than you have in your regular body. So that's how wow. many bacteria we have in our in our gut. But what they found is, is your gut is sending messages to the brain. So if we're feeding, if we're feeding the gut bacteria mostly carbs and sugar, um, which is also pasta and bread and mm-hmm. rice, then they're actually sending a message to the brain that they want more of that. Right. I've so noticed the way that. that you, yes. Yeah. So uh-huh. the more when you when you take that out of your diet, and um, it begins to shift to a healthier uh, gut flora, and then so that's one of the studies. And then two, you know, with our a lot of what's happening too is our overuse of antibiotics that also disrupts the gut bacteria, mm-hmm. which can be a factor. Um, as I shared with you, other other you know recently is that uh, they're finding that low clostridia bacteria in the gut may be associated with um, diabetes and obesity. So there's a, a whole lot of factors, um, including genetic factors. And what was interesting, as you were talking about the genetic, uh, uh, what did we, we were talking about, the generational curses. Sorry, I lost track there. But for me, it was interesting that came up recently for me because what they're finding is that through trauma or stresses, that happened in our in our parents or even before that, that those environmental changes can cause epigenetic changes in our gene makeup. These are things that are not our base genes, but things on top of that that are affected by environment. That's and crazy. they can cause they can cause changes such as they can cause single single nucleotide polymorphism, which is either deletion in a, a gene, uh, insertion or substitution. And um, I won't go into all of that, but what I'm saying is your parents' traumas could actually be passed on to you. Mm-hmm. So for me, the Lord is even showing me from a scientific point how these generational curses are actually poly- single nucleotide uh, changes <laughs> in the genetic due to environmental stresses, wars, you know, all of those things, mm-hmm. those things play a factor. But but so that's anxiety. So when you're speaking, I'm thinking, for example, anxiety. I remember my grandma yes. had severe anxiety. Yes. And when I was in college and such, I didn't have any of that. I thought, well, that's too bad. You know, too bad she has yeah. to worry all of the time. But yeah. I understand as I've seen anxiety in other family members. And honestly, we all have it to some degree or another. Yes. And sometimes I experience it. I wonder about that. I don't and I, I guess I fight against it. I find myself thinking, nope shutting that down. I'm not accepting. I'm not accepting that passing along genetically. I don't want yes. the anxiety. And those things can be reshifted again. So, so, so by learning uh, to do what you've done, which is to come before the Lord. And we know we're not, we don't have a, we shouldn't have a spirit of fear. Um, you know, we all have anxiety from time to time, but it's when we allow it to the point of 
not being able to move or not being able to function, mm-hmm. that it can cause um, uh, physical illness. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, like I said, being a healthcare provider, I see it from all angles. Sometimes there's a physical component to anxiety. Sometimes it's a spiritual. And I really try to listen to each person. So, you know, if anybody's out there that's having these problems, you know, you know, get get help. You know, some, uh, the Lord showed me that we're a three-part being. And these parts are interconnected. And if you've got something in the physical realm that's causing this, for instance, there are people who have a genetic mutation in the MTHR gene, which makes an enzyme that breaks down folic acid. Well, those people who have that, they don't get folic acid out of their diet. So they are not making enough neurotransmitters. So that's not their fault. That's not a spiritual problem. That's a physical problem. And now we know that almost all your neurotransmitters are made in your gut, not your brain. So if your gut's not healthy, you may not be mentally healthy. So we we need to find these things out. And there's also other people that have a defect in a gene that helps you metabolize mold. Well, they they don't. If you don't metabolize mold well, you can have chronic illness. You know, uh, fibromyalgia, depression, other stuff like. So there are physical things. The other one and we wait, talked about the other we, day is vitamin D too. Well, yeah, and I want to get to that, but I but I oh gosh, I wanted to point out you told me something the other day that I didn't realize about mold. That yeah. citric acid used as a preservative is made from mold. Yes, that's what I read. Um, that is a wide practice because it's cheaper. That's crazy. Yeah. So, you, you know, and even, unfortunately, coffee um, does as well. So there's a lot of things in our food supply um, that can have mold and different things in it. So, so what I'm saying is I want people to realize that there are physical things, not just spiritual, you know, and not everything is, is the devil either. You know, so we need to be open to help people to get well and listen to what they're saying. And and uh, there are some people that just have a, a lot of anxiety about their health and their own health has become an idol. You know, that's all they do is worry about yeah. that. And that's a problem, too, because that in itself, worrying about your health all the time can also end up making you sick in the long run because it, stress suppresses your immune system. God gave you your immune system that goes in and takes care of stuff. If you knew what your body did to take care of viruses and stuff every day that you don't even know happened. Your body takes care of it. Well, yeah. And I just, I always think, you know, for those who don't have faith, I I just look at the way we can cut ourselves and over time our cut heals. That is crazy miraculous. Or here on the farm, every once in a while I've gotten a splinter that I cannot get out and, you know, I've left it alone and it's the craziest thing to watch that splinter surface. I mean, even the big ones, it'll eventually surface and pop out at some point of my thumb or wherever I've gotten it lodged. That's right. And so I'm overwhelmed with all of those clues that of course on the exterior we can see why wouldn't that be true for the interior if we will only ride our minds and eat what we should for the most optimal health? We can make that assumption through Jesus that we will be healed. But again, 
the point is through him. And I I wanted to circle back around to something you said about finding a provider, because you and I have talked about this too. And and actually, it has to do with vitamin D, because we can address that as well, because I am an advocate for vitamin D. I almost feel like I need to be a crusader. I am so about vitamin D, because I had an incident in 2014, when I was depleted and didn't know it. And I think I also developed a pretty early adaptation for vitamin D, just being out in the sun, as I was as a kid, out constantly, um, still out on the farm pretty regularly. But I guess I just need more vitamin D than the next person, than a lot of people, rather, I should say. And so I guess I had tanked and didn't know it. And I had actually been in Mexico that year. And by March, I was all of a sudden, I mean, I was getting in the bathtub one day, And all of a sudden, I felt like I was being smothered or strangled or something. It was the weirdest sensation. And I thought, I almost can't get in the tub. I want to I want to run outside where it is snowing now and race across the prairie and and not stop running at all. You know, that's how I felt. It was the weirdest thing. And so I ended up at a healthcare provider. Um, I don't really, ha- I need to get one. That That's where I'm going with this. But I didn't have anyone I could go to. So I ended up going to just a local place. I got into um, a clinic and it was at a reputable place. So I can't say that they, you know, would have missed this other or should have missed this. But um, basically, I was told I had PTSD, and I needed to be on antidepressants. And the mm. way that that came about was I was with a daughter, and we were going through the list of things that it could possibly be. I wondered if it was thyroid. Well, I didn't think that's what it was. I'd broken off the curse. My mother and my grandmother were both on thyroid medication. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, well, maybe that's it. I, I just I thought something's going on. Because all of a sudden, I also was feeling extremely claustrophobic. Like I didn't want to get into yeah. an elevator for crying out loud or anything. And my, yeah. even my son's new apartment was small to me. And I felt like I wanted to get out. So here I am at this um, doctor's office. And I'm told I need to get on antidepressants because I'm sitting there telling him, I don't know what's wrong with me. I have a great life. I have faith. Um, I have everything I could want. I live on a farm. I eat well. I exercise. And my daughter said, well, what about the accident? And it happened that we had family friends that had recently been in a crash and mm. um, their their vehicle had flipped over into a family pond and two of the children in car seats were Mm. not able to be extracted. And so the doctor held his hands up and said, Nope, I don't want to hear anymore. I know that's what it is. I don't want to hear you talk about it or I'll be PTSD. And he quickly wrote me a prescription. Goodness. Yeah. And so I just felt it wasn't right. I mean, and I did I tried I went on it for three months. And I was miserable, Allison, miserable. Yeah. And finally, I went to the Lord and I said, I know this isn't right. You've got to show me what's going on. And that's when I found that I was vitamin D deficient. Yeah. And it changed everything to get on vitamin D. And I think now I know there's a time and a place for for antidepressants for people. And I'm so thankful we live in a time and an age where that's available, but I think it's overprescribed. And so we in and I that in conjunction with a friend who recently was going through heart trouble. So I'm in my 50s, she must be in her 40s. And she was wearing a heart monitor through the holidays. And finally, one day, the spirit just prompted me to ask her and I felt a little foolish doing it. I said, Are you taking vitamin D? Because she was telling me that her cardiac specialist wanted to put her on heart medication. And I'm thinking, 
okay, so she's as thin as a rail. I'm telling you, she's a little girl and she's young and vibrant. And I'm thinking, I don't know, something doesn't resonate here. And I don't know anything. I'm no healthcare provider. I don't want to overstep my boundary here. But I said, have you been on vitamin D? Have you been taking that regularly? Have you talked to him about that? So the holidays pass. I'm at school. She darts into my classroom. She leans her head in and says, I'm on vitamin D and it's changed my world. And I said, so awesome. Wow. And she said her heart doctor still kind of poo pooed the idea, but that she was not having irregular heartbeats anymore. So, so the reason I'm sharing all of this is I'm coming full circle back to you where you say we need to find someone. And yes, since we all can't have access to Allison, <laughs> how do we find someone, especially in this day and age where I feel like we've become a little mistrustful given all that happened with the COVID stuff and, 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 you know, the, I just, it's, it's sort of a mess right now. How do we find someone? I guess we pray first and foremost. Yeah, I think it definitely is hard. And I do think that that's where we start, you know, um, first ask the Lord, you know, is it something like that? Is it vitamin D? He'll, you know, a lot of times he will show us and, and, um, you know, I'm a big component of looking for the physical things first before, um, putting people on medicine. Um, I definitely have found that it has a place, you know, when you have a Christian who hasn't been able to read the Bible and you've done all the physical stuff and everything's okay, and they have ADD, and they tell you, you treat them, and the first time they can read the Bible, they've been condemning themselves for years because they couldn't sit still long enough to read a Bible, Mm. and now they're telling you they can read the Bible and study the Word. There definitely is a place for for medicine. He wasn't wasn't able to do it. Now, we've since, through that, been able to shift him onto supplements. There are some supplements that can do that. So, but get back to vitamin D, you're right. The studies have shown that low vitamin D can be associated with diabetes and heart disease. Um, We also know that men and women who take vitamin D have a less risk of colon cancer. We also know that women have a less risk of breast cancer on vitamin D. We also know that the brain uses a lot of vitamin D. And we also know that it's very important for the gut as well because it also supports your immune system. There's been studies that have shown that people who got COVID and had low vitamin D did not do as well. Mm-hmm. So vitamin D is an important supplement. Now, why we are low, I don't really know because we should be able to get some from, you know, most of your vitamin D is, again, being outside and uh, the the and having those 10 to 15 minutes in the sun, but everybody that I check is low. Rarely do I find a normal vitamin D, and I'm not really sure why that is, but that's that that's that seems to be the norm. Is and that, it can cause anxiety, and it can cause depression, and it can cause chronic pain. So, um, so I do routinely check everybody's vitamin D. Um, to, is is that for people, Allison, who've been in the sun? Or have you seen any difference? So when you say that most people have a have low vitamin D, is that despite being outdoors? Yes, it is, and huh. that's the that's the weird part for me. I have a uh, one of our ladies that we I work with. She loves to be out on the beach and very dark, but she's been low in vitamin D. So hmm. of course I I know it's not good for her to be out that much, but but anyway, yeah, it's something I'm not real sure. I I'm. I've been needing to seek the Lord on why, because I don't really understand why. I do think 
the unha- that the gut has it plays a factor and um mm-hmm. you know even in young children now we're seeing a lot of reflux uh, a lot of heartburn and the studies um there's another book called the mind gut connection um that was very interesting too um the the author of that is uh again it's not a christian book but it's um Emeron Mayer, but um, he did a lot of research on the gut and how how um, it affects the mind. But what was interesting is that the first exposure to a baby uh, to the gut flora is through the vaginal canal. And because of our diets and stress and antibiotics and all that, I wonder if, you know, that may be playing a factor why we're seeing so much um, GI issues in younger, younger children because of uh, not getting the right inoculation at the, at the beginning. Hmm. Um, that's yeah. a, and that's another subject on that. But, but again, you know, and also there's some studies that even showing that autism, um, that there's a high incidence of autism in women with low vitamin D in the baby. So that's been connected even to autism. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So it's a powerful, powerful thing. And then on top of that, you know, stress hormones also can plast the placenta. So what's going on with the mother if she's a, a victim of traumatic abuse, all that can affect the unborn infant. Hmm. So it's There's very so interesting. so much to understand. Yes, yeah, so we could talk for days. Well, and I love, and I told you ahead of time, I'm issuing this disclaimer up front. I I would love to have you back and not just back, but regularly, because I think we need to have, we need to have this sort of edification in a world where everything seems overwhelming. There's so much to consider, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, our takeaways are things like just really trying to avoid preservatives, um, trying to eat more Whole, not foods. Ju- whole foods, right. Yep, yep. And incorporate more vegetables into our diets, etc. I think, you know, just really leaning on Jesus, but like you and I talked about the other day, being careful not to be idolatrous, because yes. I think we can make food and wholeness, uh, wellness, even idolatry. And I know people yes. were probably going, what? But I, I just thought that year that I was suffering so much. And I mean, my vitamin D levels were so low, I would stand in my kitchen and tremble and wonder what on yeah. earth, what do I need yeah. to take out? And all of a sudden, I'm back to taking wanting to take everything out of my diet to reintroduce everything one thing at a time to try to figure out where I need to be was this too high or that too low, or I shouldn't do mm-hmm. this, or I should do that. And I remember the Lord saying to me as I stood in the kitchen, you need to stop. <laughs> Because yeah. he said, you need to trust me and not not do this. Um, don't make food an idol. And so yeah. at the end of the day, do we all have real concerns regarding our food? Like you said, some can do dairy, some can do gluten, some others can't. Yeah. But I think bottom line, what we all can do. And, and I've really felt like I've had to do this in times where, you know, when in Rome, you have to do like the Romans do, you know, you're traveling and you yeah. have no other choice but to eat something you wouldn't normally choose for yourself or you're you're being served at someone's house and you, you really don't would prefer not to eat that way. It's just to ask the Lord to bless your food. Because you know what? Yes. If he could turn water into wine, my friends, he can That's make your right. food he can make it healthy. Right. I mean, I know we have to do our part. I'm not saying, well, you know, stop down in a McDonald's and order yourself a big old, you know, fake burger and ask the Lord to bless it. But if that's all you have is my point. I think you could do that, right? I I agree. Yeah, because he's our protector and shield. We don't need to 
worry so much about uh, what we're eating uh, as more of, like you said, going to the Lord. I really believe that that a cheerful mind works healing, and I believe that if we can ha- we'll have a healthy mind, then we'll have a healthy body. So I still eat sugar once now and go to a wedding, have a piece of cake. It's not a big deal because the motivation of why I'm eating has changed. I'm not eating eating out of stress or anxiety. I'm eating I'm eating just to live now. And that was that's a shift for me because I woke up thinking what I was going to eat and when I was going to eat, I was hungry all the time. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a shift to to have freedom. You know, I'm not afraid to eat. Um, at somebody's house because God is my protector and shield. And he said that even if we eat anything deadly or take anything that won't hurt us. So, but it also there's a, there's this um, understanding that this is my temple and I want to be strong for the Lord. I want to live as long as he wants me to be here. I want to live to 120. I want to, I want to be vibrant and to, to be able to do what he's called me and finish it, finish my race. Well, and I can't do that if I'm sick. Um, not as well. You can still do it. But there have been a lot of amazing uh, Christians that have gone on to the Lord early because um, they haven't been healthy. For instance, COVID. Unfortunately, we have lost a lot of wonderful Christian people. And the sad fact is, is that a large majority of people who have died of COVID were overweight. Mm-hmm. And so much so was it the case is even these weight loss um, medicine people that come to my office, you know, drug reps and stuff, they're even marketing it that way, that we need to lose weight because of that. That's how, but that's just the truth because obesity affects your immune system. It increases your inflammation in your body. The, the, the more weight you put on, your brain actually shrinks. You actually have an increased risk of Alzheimer's and dementia. So there's no doubt that that is a factor that we really need to be going to the Lord and say, okay, why, why am I here? And I'm not saying you can't be healthy and be, have some weight, and that's not what I'm saying. But if we we need to come to Him and address Him and change our thinking about how we're doing doing life, and um, and uh, and where our thoughts thoughts are going, uh, to think life and uh, over ourselves in our situations, because unfortunately. I mean, if you look at the body of Christ, where we got diabetes and heart disease and cancer and all those things. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be asking him, you know, what do we need to do for our health? And as far as finding a provider, that's a hard one because even in the holistic world, uh, unfortunately, I get very upset or, or saddened by the fact of how expensive it is. And most people yeah. can't afford to go to those things. You know, they can't afford to spend that kind of money. And so I, I think, like you said, the basics is um, is reducing stress, uh, learning to, to go to the Lord and get in the secret place, to know who we are in Him and allow Him to show us uh, He is where our help comes from. He is the maker of heaven and earth, and He made our bodies, and He knows us, and He knows what we need. And we need to go there and then allow him to lead us to the provider that will be able to listen and help us through our, through our journey. Um, and there are some good ones out there that are willing to listen and help you on the, on the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope that helps uh, a little bit. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think it does. And I had made no secret, uh, I guess a couple of episodes ago, or maybe several, I think when I talked to Latrice, I had said I had had headaches for a long time. And in fact, by the time that I rolled around to the beginning of this year, I was having migraines just about every day. I was waking yeah. up with them. And my neck was bothering me. And uh, it was really... That started to lead me into a little bit of a spiral because when you've had something like that that persists over so long, it gets to be a real downer. <laughs> so, yes, you know, I was rebuking, rebuking, and I was going to scripture and I was seeing things like, even though he afflicts us for a little while, and I knew that it wasn't really anything I could rebuke. It was the Lord was allowing it to show me something. And so I've really been working on my stress level. I tend to take on a lot. And mm. I've heard for years, oh, you shouldn't do so much. And I've thought for years, Oh, I can do so much. It doesn't bother me until the day that it does. <laughs> we all reach that place. And so I just think with the culmination of just a really busy year and a, a daughter that got married at the end of it and just yes. so much stuff going on, I've really had to be very mindful and I've been feeling better every day, but it's been a process. Awesome. I will tell you, I, I do, um, I'm very, very aware of my health now. I do see a chiropractor. I do do yoga every day, mm -hmm. not the Eastern you know, I'm, I'm very careful about how I meditate. I yes, do yes. meditation. I do stretching. I do go for pretty regular massages. And it seems like such a luxury. But right now I'm looking at it like this is God's temple. And like you, Allison, I want to live to 120. And the fun <laughs> thing is there's a verse in Psalm 27, which I'm actually, as I move away from the mic to grab my Bible. I was astounded one morning when he led that led me to this place. Where is it? 27? No, I think it might be 92. Yeah. So here it is. Psalm 92. Um, the end of it says, um, those who are planted in the house of the Lord. Now this follows one of my favorite verses. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. I love this, but he That's awesome. who is planted in the house of the Lord, listen to this women, shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. Amen. Yeah. They amen. shall be fresh and flourishing. Amen. Amen. To declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. So he, awesome. that's exactly what I've prayed. That's exactly what I've prayed, that, that I will be flourishing in him for all my days, that every single one of them can be used to good purpose, right. which is to glorify him. That's and right. so uh, that's, I guess, too, why when you were speaking in Peggy's group a few weeks ago, I thought, I love this woman. I love what you said. You said <laughs> that a cheerful mind and a happy heart is good medicine. And I thought, that's right. That's that's what it is. I, I don't care that we still have gray skies. I'm taking my vitamin D and I'm going outside and I'm dancing. <laughs> that's and I'm right. Be okay. So yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And and it's so um, and a, a little bit more about the happy heart. You know, there are there are things that weigh our heart down, and um, when we're joyful and happy, our heart releases atrial natriuretic hormone that gives us a sense of peace and joy. But the Lord gave me even a deeper understanding of, of this word, medicine. It's the word in Hebrew, it's geha, and I'm sure I'm not saying it correctly, but it means to heal or to cure. And in the um, Hebrew uh, scholars and uh, that, that they liken this word to also protection. 
So what it's saying is, is that, you know, a happy heart of, of worship, one that's not weighed down, you know, is, uh, is, is healing to the soul and to the spirit. And that the medicine uh, from this word actually implies uh, Jesus, that he is the healer. Because it says that this word of protection is like someone that will throw themselves on a grenade to protect you. That's this word, medicine. Mm. So that, to me, is our Lord. He gave himself completely for us. And so when we, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. And it's the peace and joy that we should be experiencing. Um, we're righteous by faith, completely righteous. You know, we are uh, completely uh, righteous before the Lord is his righteousness. He gives us a free gift, but it's the joy is the, it's the peace and joy. And it's this peace and joy of having a happy heart and the peace and joy and a cheerful mind that's going to le- lead to health and wholeness. And that is what he's saying, but it's in him. We're not going to find happiness and joy outside of him, but in him, we're going to find all those things. We're going to find that peace. And when our mind is steadfast on him, even if there's a, a storm around us, it says in Isaiah, that uh, that we can stay in perfect peace. He showed me um, a picture of a, uh, a hurricane. And the center of a hurricane is complete peace. There's the calm in the middle of it. Yeah, so when we... Point. When we turn our hearts and mind to him, it's in Isaiah 26, 3. It says that um, you will guard him and keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he commits himself to you and leans on you and hopes on you. Mm-hmm. So when we shift our focus off of the situation, off of the world, off of the whatever, and we begin to, you know, put our mind on him, our spirit, our, our spiritual eyes, our, our heart. You know, the heart a lot of time is a spiritual thing too, you know, but we turn our hearts and mind to him and he is our protector and shield. And no matter what's going on, that we can have that calm and peace. That's the kingdom of God. I love so, how some translations say steadfast. Yes. Him whose mind is steadfast. And I love that. I want to be steadfast. And uh, you know, as I'm looking at the time, and I, I'm so excited yes. to have you back because I know we're going to have to. But I, I, one of the things I wanted to to point out, and then I want to, I definitely ask you some things about your own faith and your own understanding of the spiritual, spiritual or supernatural outside of medicine. Which, really, it, to my mind, what's the point? It's you know, you've already articulated so well how God is present in all of that, and there's proof. I just love, I love the verses that talk about being transformed by the renewal of our minds. And you had brought that up and I, it was something that I had really been meditating on a lot lately. And so just before meeting with you, I just did a quick run through and I I found these verses like Romans 12, two, that's probably the one that stands out the most. Do not be conformed to this world, Mm -hmm. but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Be transformed. Think about it. By the renewal of your mind. I mean, we always talk about the greatest battle being waged between our two ears, but really that requires meditation. 
And we can get there. We can renew our minds through meditation. And then it says in Ephesians 4.23, be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Um, Colossians 3.10, put on the new self being renewed in the knowledge after the image of the creator or Philippians 2.5, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Jesus Christ. And the one that I always get back to a lot, because over the past few years, I feel like even my high school students have been pretty down. And I used this in class last week was Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever yeah. is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure and lovely, commendable, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And so I've had students that are down, obviously, and in probing them to tell me, talk to me about what their concerns are. One of them last week said he was concerned about nuclear war. Yeah. And I said, okay, so this really resonates with me because, you know, I'm still a morning news anchor and it's been a lot. Uh, I, yeah. I have to tell you, I think that's been a large part of my stress in coming out of the old year and into the new and just trying to navigate, honestly, do I even stay doing this? I feel called yeah. to it now because a drop of truth is still a little bit of truth in an ocean. But yes, and I've said that before, but I, you know, what do I do, Lord? Because if this is what you want me to do and this is what I'm called to do, you're going to have to deal with my weakness and whatever it is that's manifesting itself in my headaches right now. And yeah. so he's taken me out of that because even though, yes, I do unfortunately have to look at that stuff daily and I have to process through as I decide what dissemination I'm going to provide those listening. In other words, I have to, I have to sort through the rubbish every day you yes. know, to find something. Um, yes. It's so important. And this is really what everything I think hinges on nowadays for us is this verse, Philippians 4, 8, because this is what we're called to do. Yes, we are not called to put our hand, heads in the sand and to act like there's nothing going on. Here's why. We have to pray about it. We're called to yeah. be partners with the Lord. It would do nobody any service if all the Christians in the world were to say, oh, I can't stand that anymore. I'm getting off the internet. I'm closing my door. I'm turning off my radio. No more TV. I'm going to hide in my closet and pray. Well, that's not going to work. I'm, I'm just going to say, right. we, we have to do this. But I think that it is so different when we focus on those things that are lovely and commendable. That's Jesus. That's he is excellent. He is worthy of our praise. And yes. he tells us he's overcome all that trouble. So it's right. so important in the renewing of our minds. So daily, it's a process for it's all a process. of us. And, yes. and it, it's a practice of learning to choose your thoughts. You really can choose your thoughts. I when I heard that from, I think it was Joyce Myers, I was like, I never even thought about that. You know, I can choose what I'm thinking on. And I think you're right. In this day and time, people in the world need to see. It's a scripture, I think it says that when they see your steadfastness, when they see your peace, it's not quite how it goes. But that scripture that the enemy knows he's defeated. Mm-hmm. When yeah. we when we we walk in the peace that He's given us and the joy that He's given us, even though we're going to have stuff, people are watching us, how are we going to handle these things? You know, how are we going to handle when things don't go quite the way we want them to? Are we still going to believe in the Lord and His faithfulness? And they're watching, 
and how we how we speak to them and how we love on them it makes a huge difference to the lord and he needs us to be in our jobs or wherever he's planted us to be that light in the midst of it and some oftentimes we you know that's why i'm glad i stayed where i am there's many times i have wanted to leave being a pa it's it is stressful at times and i can imagine you know, and, that's a lot it, yeah it is and i think too the enemy sometimes brings confusion and stuff because he wants you to leave because you are being a light where you are. Now, there are other times when the Lord's calling you to leave and you're just hanging on to something, you know, but, uh, but I think we, we are called, like you said, um, Jesus was never in a hurry. He, he never, he took the time for the one. And I think that that's what he's calling us into the maturity of knowing who we are and not just running from one thing to the next, one church to the next, but really getting rooted in that he is King of King and Lord of Lords, mm-hmm. and he is the healer, and he will direct our path. And I think he uses a number of different things. He uses medicine because we know in the Bible Hezekiah was uh, dying, and the Lord did answer his prayer and give him um, more years of life, but the, he did not heal him miraculously. He had the prophet make um, some kind of um, salve to put on his womb. So yeah, that's a good so, point. Yeah, yeah. So we need to be in in prayer with him on on where do we go from? You know, what do we do? Because um, and and we can talk about more in the future. But that's where it starts because we've let fear rule rule us one way or the other. Mm-hmm. about our health and what we're to do. And and I don't think fear is our enemy and it is a spirit and I will not be led by fear. And so if the Lord, you know, if it's about our health, we, we don't need to be fearful. We need to ask the Lord, what do I need to do in the days to come? And that's where I think we, we need to be, you know, I try to not so much tell people to do, I do give them guidance, but I'm hoping I'm I'm drawing them to him because he knows what they need more than I do. Well, and I'm going to ask everyone who's listening today to also keep Allison in your prayers, because I know how much energy that requires from you to keep doing what you're doing. And you shared with me, you see 70 patients in three days, and you work sometimes seven days a week. And and it's a lot. And I know that you've shared some of those specifics, um, not specifics, um, particularly mm-hmm. for any one person, but those things that you've needed to deal with in terms of, yes. you know, mental illness, or even demonic activity. And I just feel like that is, that's a lot for you. And yet the Lord has called you to that. And, and you're doing such a great job. And you're still finding time, for example, to talk with us today to give us encouragement. And I just want to honor you by telling you, I will continue to pray for you. What you're doing is terrific. We have one life to live for the glory of our God. And may we find what it is that he would have us do and to do it to our best abilities and to do it with his protection and encouragement and that we may flourish into our old age doing it. Yes. (laughs) Amen. Amen. 
Oh, goodness. Well, I know we need to wrap up. And so generally, I, you know, I really like to get into miracles and all of that. But I think we'll save yes. that for another time. Um, that sounds because wonderful. I would like to have you back on maybe we could even do it once a month. I don't know, I'm putting you on the spot. Okay. But that would be great. Because I'd like to talk more about this kind of thing. Um, there's so much medical evidence nowadays, yes. so much scientific evidence for God. And and I love to be able to explore that. That's just it's, it's so great to be a Christian. And it's so great to be alive in this day and age as he is doing incredible things right now. I feel like yes. heaven is cheering us on toward the finish line as we anticipate his return. And it's just great to be alive, to be a yes, part of it. Yes, it is. And yes, and what you're doing, trying to encourage women is, uh, is just an amazing, amazing blessing. It's so needed. Uh, and, and not just women, you know, men too. Uh, we need encouragement. We got to stick together. Because, uh, it does get hard sometimes. It isn't an easy walk. Mm-hmm. And we're always better together. Yes, we are for sure. Yeah. Well, Allison, I just love you and I love your I love heart. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm just, I'm so excited to know you and to be encouraged by you and to have you back. And Allison Ralston, uh, just wanted to repeat your name again for all of our listeners. Thank you so much for being with me today. Well, thank you for having me. And the rest of you, thanks for listening in. I I hope that you found encouragement here. And I just want to remind you that wherever you find yourself today, you are relevant, you are influential for Jesus, and you are called for Him as well to unveil truth for color, to light the world with color, and to share your color. And I hope you'll continue to join us on Color Speak wherever you find your podcasts and on Grace and Truth Radio World. This is J.M. Huxley for Truth Talk on Color Speak, unveiling truth for color.